0: Hello, hello! Welcome to episode twenty-nine of Just Another Football Podcast with me, Danny Miller, and me, Josh Bentley. Small number of games in the Premier League this week, so we're going to be a bit of a shorter podcast. But it's going to be uh, the five Premier League games, I think there were, and then we'll do like a quick FA Cup review and Champions League review and stuff like that. So a couple of good things coming up, and of course, we're into International Boredom Week. Number three of this podcast. The third You're very
1: harsh. Well, There's a lot of good games. Is there? Germany, Netherlands. I'll be a banger. How excellent. Wales Serbia. The highlight reel ends there.
0: Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for Wales Serbia. Uh, anyway, let's talk about some what were some excellent games they have to say over the weekend. Like you said before when we were driving down. A- it's nice to see four some
1: goals a game.
0: Yeah. Nice to see some of the smaller teams, or the lower down the league teams, featuring on Match of the Day this week. We're going to start with Bournemouth versus Newcastle. They finished 2-2. Bournemouth are unbeaten in their last 19 home games in the Premier League against non-Big Six. Big Six in inverted commas. Uh, Big Six sides. 1-10 draw 9 since losing to who in November 2017?
1: Newcastle. No. Nope. Uh West Ham.
0: Nope. Everton. Right colors. Which?
1: Uh with
0: which uh, West Ham. Burnley. Yes. Burnley in November 2017.
1: Bit of a stab in the dark those questions.
0: Yeah. Uh Newcastle have uh lost just two of their last nine Premier League games, one five drawn two after losing three of the four before that and the other one was a draw. Um, we're going to start with something. I don't think that was picked up on match of the day. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, there was a challenge by Jefferson Lerma on Perez. I think it was. I have not seen it. Have you not seen it? Uh, no. He was given a yellow card for it. Okay. Uh, Mike it, Dean was the referee. Your facial
1: expression is already telling me oh, what you think about. High.
0: It. it was high and reckless. So for me, it was a red card. And the, there's been a lot of speculation. Mike Dean was the referee in this game. Oh, by the way, the same Mike Dean that um didn't uh give a red card and a penalty for Willy Bolly elbowing Ayose Perez in the face, may I add. Um that we'll get onto that a little bit later. Um For me, it was a, a stonewall red. I don't know why it wasn't shown on match of the day. It was a it was a weird one because he was he went in high and uh like it was a reckless challenge basically. Um there's people saying that uh, he that Mike Dean is saving his next red card because it's his 100th red card of the Premier League, so he's oh. saving it for a high profile.
1: Brilliant! It wait till he's on TV. Well,
0: well, yeah. <laughs> well, wait, I'll be interested because if it is a, I don't know, like a Hazard or a Rashford or a, uh, an Aguero or something like that, it's going to be dead interesting. Um. But just before half time, Newcastle got the breakthrough. Uh Ron with a fabulous free kick. It was immaculate. It was I was saying to Josh in the in, in the car on the way, how he's taken three free kicks this season. One's hit the post, one's hit the bar, and one's gone in. Um after the break though, a different Bournemouth came out, they were they were excellent. Fraser hit the post in the first half, which was really their only chance. Um, oh, there was also a Yedlin penalty shout, which was also uh, like borderline.
1: I don't think they showed that. No, I didn't show
0: that either. Um, which was another borderline decision.
1: Biased media, that is.
0: Well, um, but Bournemouth turned it around in the second half. They came out. Um, the first one was the penalty for Bournemouth. Uh, Fernandez had a hold of Ake. I think it was penalty. Oh, unpopular.
1: Uh, for me They often go unpunished But for me that's 100% a penalty But Go on Newcastle should also have a penalty For a similar thing yeah, For me so, that's like We saw that a lot in the World Cup That was being given yeah. every game But we come back to the Premier League And it's like Oh it's the Premier League It's yeah, physical But for I, me that, I agree. That, that, that should be a penalty every time
0: For me, it's like if you're going to give that, you're given five or six penalties a game. However, however, after six weeks, they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dummett cleared the ball off the line, and then Bournemouth went up and scored, by the way, one of the best goal line clearances we've ever seen. Oh, he's so underrated, in my opinion, Paul Dummett. Um, But Bournemouth, poor poor Newcastle defending. Yeah, it, it, he's done a Lionel Messi, but he's Paul Dummett. So <laughs> I had wings with Paul Dummett in the shark bar, which is opposite St James's Park. Well, I say just, I had. Just the two of you. No, I say I had wings with Paul Dummett. He was on the table next to okay. me as we both ate wings. Played wing roulette. Yeah, he was He was injured at that time. Do
1: you remember when we played ring roulette?
0: Yeah, and you cried all over the table in Nando's because you got a hot wing.
1: No, I didn't like. I wasn't into. I was in tears, but I wasn't like crying. It just caused my eyes to water. <laughs> quite. Do you remember those those uni days where we went to Nando's like every week?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm still living those days. Yeah, but now, now they do delivery. Yeah, so. that is true. Yeah, uh, so you can like keep it varied. Keep your Nando's like mm-hmm. varied. Um, Poor Newcastle defending for Bournemouth second, but a really good finish by Josh King.
1: Six goals in his last nine games, Josh King.
0: Yeah. I think another he's underrated got, player. He's
1: got a serious turn of pace.
0: Yeah, he's he's good. Cool. Him and Wilson complement each other. I think yeah, up really front. well. He's he's strong as well. You know, why well, he King. not in the
1: England team? Oh wait, he's not yeah. English. <laughs> even he's got the most English name. Him and ever Nathan
0: heard. Ake, uh, like, definite in your not English team. Yeah. Um, along with Ashley Barnes. <laughs> along with Ashley Barnes, yeah. Austrian Ashley Barnes. Um, so Bournemouth had a pe- uh, Bournemouth had their penalty, and you say that. Rondon should have had theirs. Uh, yeah, should have had one. Hundred percent. Callum it's been Wilson like, pulling yank-
1: him yanked back. It's a centre forward's challenge, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. It's, it's just on. a
0: silly yeah. challenge, and I think that's the that's the issue that uh, I think a lot of teams have faced this season is an uh, inconsistency in refereeing across the league. Yeah. I don't understand how you can give that Fernandez penalty but not give a penalty on Perez when he's elbowed in the face. Same referee. This is the problem that I have and why I can't wait for VAR. Um, another massive talking point was in the 91st minute, I think, Mepham passed it back. Was it Mepham? Is that what he's called? The centre-back? Yeah. He passed it back to Art of Boruch, who, well, he touched it back. It was going to go in, and Boruch got it, but it looked like a back pass.
1: Doesn't it have to be intentional?
0: It Well, it was intentional.
1: Okay. They didn't show that match today, the Did are they? they not? No.
0: Bastards Bastards It was a definite Backpass for me He could be me. making this up as, It was as a definite Backpass for me um, However Yedlin With possibly The worst cross Of the season Finished by One of the best Finishes you'll see This season Matt Ritchie Absolutely Ironically, smashed it Into the top corner
1: Josh King was playing Out on the right Wasn't he In the second half Yeah it, He didn't track back yeah He was just jogging back And he's allowed Richie's like Absolutely pegged it Down the left And Josh King's Just let him go
0: I thought Richie was Quality on Saturday I've seen people Mixed reviews Whatever On, on Richie Over the last few weeks I thought he had a Poor game against Everton But this week He really came out And showed what he's all about And why he's integral To this Newcastle team He's been All season Playing in a position Where It's not his first position He's never played there before and Because he's Oh our studio's Just falling apart because um, the again, because the, uh, yeah, again, because, the um, because he's losing a bit of pace, or he's never really had loads of pace, but because he's losing that extra yard, I think left wing back actually suits him loads, and I think he's playing really well there. Um, I think Dumit had a really good game at centre back as well. I think that for me is his, is his position because um, left of a three. Yeah, I think he's really good there defensively he's, he's great but attacking wise he's not that good and in a back three he doesn't have to attack and we can change to a back four when he's not uh, like if Richie pushes forwards, you could see on Saturday mm-hmm. the f- defenders were moving into a four rather than into Campan, a three though. yeah I had a little camp hand going on um, unlike Newcastle to concede two in the last two games but they've got an identical record to last season can you see another top 10 finish coming on or
1: it's spooky isn't it
0: yeah literally exactly the same
1: um, I'd be surprised if you come in the top 10 just because 7th 8th 9th and 10th do have quite a lot of points in yeah terms of like how often sometimes you see teams how many points did Newcastle finish with last year
0: good Mid question 40s? yeah something like that yeah I
1: don't think the team in 10th I think the team in 10th will be closer to 50
0: uh, and in terms of Bournemouth um they are A win would have taken just,
1: them to forty points, you know.
0: Yeah. They're on let me have a look. They're yeah. on thirty eight. I think both um, teams
1: are safe. I would be Yes. I would do silly things if either team got relegated.
0: Um it's more that where do Bournemouth go from here, are they sort of there's talk of Eddie Howe going to someone like oh shit, just dropped my shoe on the floor. Uh talk of Eddie Howe going to someone like Spurs. Um, if Pochettino leaves, where can, what is the goal for Bournemouth over the next? We're going to talk about a bit more about this in the in the uh, season review. But what is the goal for Bournemouth?
1: I think it's very difficult for a club like Bournemouth because clubs of a similar stature, I'll say Swansea, have made a very uh, silly mistake of forgetting that probably their ultimate aim is just Premier League survival every year. Ultimately, they've just got to survive in the Premier League, yeah, because they don't really have the infrastructure to go up to the next level.
0: Yeah, I know what you Jose. mean. I mean their stadium only holds nineteen. Finishing thousands. in
1: the seventh to twelfth bracket of the Premier League should be their their higher aim.
0: Yes. Um,
1: to boom it's a booming place though, like it's a university town Bournemouth. Yeah. So like having the football team in the Premier League will do wonders for them as well.
0: It's interesting because I think if they lose Callum Wilson then they will be did you Just burp in the mic. Mingy. Uh, <laughs> just to uh um clarify. If uh I think if they lose Wilson it's going to be a huge a huge detriment not necessarily to the football that they play but to the confidence of the team.
1: I think in three very short moments, Solanke showed what he can offer on Saturday. Yes. He assisted the the second goal, holding the... that. Ultimately, that's what he does. He's a big brute who holds the ball up. It's
0: whether he can stay fit, isn't it? Yeah. Like, he is... Obviously, as the talent, he's been at Chelsea and Liverpool already, and he's only 21. It's whether he can stay fit. We, I mean, he signed on what last last couple of weeks of January like middle of January and he's played I can remember him coming off the bench two or three times
1: he was out for four weeks when he signed yeah exactly so.
0: and he's he was out when he was at Liverpool as well which is why he didn't get a game but it's an interesting one Bournemouth and Newcastle I would say safe now um, personally and it's going to be interesting to see where these two teams can kick on into next, into next season and we'll, over the course of the next few weeks we'll be having a look at uh, who who's going to come in for them and stuff like that so anyway let's move on to the next game uh, Burnley versus Leicester finished 2-1 to Leicester Burnley have kept just two clean sheets in their last 12 Premier League games at Turf Moor. is that where the down, big downfall is do you think?
1: Yeah they just seem to have um, lost that defensive solidarity there was a little upturn when Heaton came back into the team but yeah. then recently it sort of Tailed off again. I mean, I don't know if you've seen. They did a feature on a match today, but there was so much space between their midfield and their defense.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one because the Heaton thing was. I think their run came at a bad time because that's when other teams went on a run, Mm -hmm. and actually, they're in quite a dangerous place now. And this was a game that they would have targeted for a point. And in the fourth minute, with uh, Maguire being sent off, I think you've you've got to be looking and thinking. We're going to take, we've got to take three points from this I just, felt
1: a bit sorry for Harry Maguire because he didn't actually intend to bring him down at all, he's just like changed his running line to try and get the right side yeah. of the ball and he's just caught him and he's just turned around, his head's
0: in his yeah. hands
1: no, there were no complaints, No, it's, a, uh, re- it's a red all day, it was just, it was nice to see uh, not nice to see but it was reassuring that so early on in the game the ref didn't sort of bottle that decision, yeah
0: yeah it's good um Leicester went on to dominate, though. Really, I mean, people say it's harder actually to play against ten men sometimes because they just sit in. Um, Wes Morgan came on, um, and just before I think it was uh, just before the break, Madison gets a free kick and absolutely rifles it in. Oh, was it like middle of the first half? Uh,
1: it was. I think it was about thirty-five minutes. I'm just struggling to understand why Tarkovsky made that challenge oh it's such a he, he's, he's, he's never gonna get the ball he's, he's been I think he's just like he's been turned round and he's just gone fuck this mm-hmm. and then but he's just given James Madison a free shot at goal and actually the, like they were saying on the commentary it's really difficult one for Tom Heaton one because it's like in that perfect place to get it up and down but two it's pissing it down with Reigns so you yeah. can't see a fucking
0: thing yeah I, I for me, like, to, obviously, Tarkovsky has been called up for England. He's been making those mistakes all season. And, like, I just think to call someone up that's been making mistakes as consistently as Burnley have at the back, to call someone up is just madness. I know we'll get on to uh, the England squad a little bit later, but he's been, it's not like this is the first time he's made a mistake this season. This has been consistent. And to have only kept two clean sheets in their last twelve home games, I think it's just it's, it's just madness, just madness. Burnley go up the other end, still in the first half, and McNeil scores. Um, we've talked a lot about Casper Schmeichel over the last few weeks. Should he do better with that? Think?
1: Uh, I think again, it's it's hammering it down with rain. It's just it's just like skidded along yeah. the top.
0: He's um, not a, for me. He's not a full stretch
1: is it one of those where the slow-mo replay sort of doesn't do him any justice because well, like McNeil it has in, hit it like he's caught it really sweetly I
0: only saw it in full speed and it is a great strike don't get me wrong good I, I think I've written good finish but Michael not a I full De Gea stretch I think
1: saves it I think the best keepers in the world would save it but he's not in the no bracket of best keepers in the world I he's a very he's good, good goalie the,
0: do you think he's in the top 10 in the Premier League Edison, Allison,
1: Larice, De Gea, Kepper, Leno, and Czech actually. Yeah. Um Are we going on like over their whole career? Yeah. Romero. He's better. Oh he's, he
0: was quality on Saturday as well, we'll oh, go back to that. Yeah.
1: Um Dubravka. I mean that's that's eight Debravka. But Pickford, Heaton. would you say he's better than? I'd Heaton uh, and Pope yeah. Foster. Foster, well, there's twelve.
0: Yeah. I mean, in the title winner season, is obviously he was Willy class Willie Cavaliero. Um, but now, for me, for me, he's <laughs> not that good a goalkeeper. I think there there are Starting definitely out ten. Dad's reputation. Yeah, ten keepers that get into that side ahead of him. I Think we would. I spoke to Ollie last night um, about this and. Uh, he was saying that uh, Danny Ward is at the goalkeeper second choice. Should be knocking on the door now, being like that place is mine next season. Be interesting to see young former Liverpool goalkeeper can he get into a Premier League side and establish himself because there's another, I mean another English player with youth England experience vying for a Danny Ward. He's Welsh. Is he what? Wel- yeah.
1: Who I've, am I I've, thinking of? I've played Angus Gunn. He's Angus English. Gunn. <laughs> yeah. I only know because he was my keeper on my yeah in my Wales team. Well,
0: he's already playing in goal for Wales, isn't he? Yeah. I must be thinking of Gunn. He's got because he was under twenty-one goalkeeper the first time they won something under Southgate, or they got to a final the or something. Yeah, tournament. Yeah, yeah. Um, second half uh, it was it was a fairly meh second half uh, but in the last minute Yuri Telemans plays the ball in another assist for Telemans uh, plays it in for Morgan who wins it for Leicester
1: I've got two things to talk about in the second half go on Charlie Taylor that is a penalty yes I don't know oh, how, yeah, how is that not been yes. given how yes. how is that not been given ok maybe there's I, ok it's definitely a foul I think the initial contact was just outside Do you think, the think? I think it was he sort is the of,
0: is the line he, the, the 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 in the box? So he puts his hand on him outside the box, but the contact, but the contact of the leg is in the box. box. In. It's interesting, isn't it? Because the ref, it's, it's the like, contact of the leg that's brought him down, yeah, not the hand on him. Oh, it's such it's, a bad decision. The that. ref
1: is like, there's an unimpeded view of it, yeah. and it's just like, oh, what are you doing? Because, oh, what, oh.
0: Josh, uh, oh. <laughs> having a breakdown.
1: Right, I have not had any refereeing training, and I can see that's a penalty. Yeah, it's mad. Uh,
0: oh. It's a stonewall penalty. The other one was another Burnley penalty. Am I yeah, right? Yeah, the handball.
1: It's like uh, Crouch heads it yes. down, and Morgan's on his way down from jumping, but he's like sort of doing a Jesus Christ impression on his way down. He's like, yeah, as we're coming up to Easter.
0: What's he doing with his arms in the air? Like, regardless if they're coming like, down... Like, like obviously
1: you have to, like, jump, but he's like... It's like he's done this. Yeah. He's spreading his arms. And yeah, I just thought that was a penalty as yeah. well. Admittedly, the ref might not have seen it.
0: I'm going to take issue... Now, people are going to disagree with me on this, but, like, as a pundit, I really like Robbie Savage, and I think that yeah. he, sp- for me, speaks some shit, but speaks sense sometimes. He's so sometimes. down to earth, yeah, he? Yeah, and he... Like... Yeah, he's he's he just seems like a sound really sound bloke and he's a good pundit. Terrible However, footballer. Terrible yeah Not footballer. a great footballer. One worth that can Cup, I think. Um but on Saturday he was on BT Sports Score and um he the Kim um handball, he was like definite handball definite handball I have to say I agree with him yeah 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 no no but here is the problem is that he was saying that Wes Morgans wasn't
1: I mean that was more a handball
0: yeah for me like the thing and his argument was that when you jump your arms go in the air like well Kim Pembe has jumped and his arms are in the air like if you think that's a penalty then you've got to say that Morgan's a penalty his arms okay. are literally above his head
1: and I know it's I know it's really unfortunate because like Crouch is closer to Morgan than I am to you now but yeah. it's just a penalty p- well next season the
0: rule is going to be a uh, silhouette so if your arms are not in a standing silhouette then it's going to be a penalty but is it like straight jackets? no it's like it's like a loose, like a loose so arms like yeah. casually by the side rather than like tight in um that's going to be the rule so it's, that is going to be an interesting change in the law next season mm. um but yes morgan then goes up and heads the winner he took all the headlines for a um, he signed a one year contract he did he? um where's morgan okay for me is a player that will have one good game in like 10 games Do you don't think it sounds like a re- he sounds like a really old car yeah. yeah, he's another like centre back. Oh, he's a, he's yeah, another centre back in your English, not English eleven. He's Jamaican.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, but only by reading his name would you think he's English, a hundred percent English. Yeah, that's not true. Necessarily by um, looking at him, he
0: reminds but... me of Sol Bamba though. Like Sol Bamba, yeah. There's been times where Donkey match of the day or whatever have done like features on Bamba because he's had one good game and they forget all the shit things he's done and like Ollie said again last night he's sort of in credit because of the champ because of the season they won the Premier League I mean
1: technically he's not a very good footballer oh, but no, like, not at all he wears his heart on his sleeve i think I, I overheard this part of your conversation with Ollie and Ollie was saying he's good to have in the squad but not to play every game yeah
0: i mean As a sort of character in the dressing room I think he's really good But as a player to be Like as a coach he'll be great And I wouldn't be surprised to see him go into management Or at least into coaching However As a player In the Premier League They're vying for like that seventh spot in the Premier League No way They need to improve that defence massively I'm going to be bold here
1: Go on Roger's good fit for Leicester
0: yeah, early it doesn't make me like good. him, though.
1: No, early signs are good. Did you know that was the earliest the Premier League team have had a player sent off and gone on to win a game?
0: Yes. That's it. Good stat. I like it. Um, the thing with Rodgers is that I feel like he's, at the moment, he's got... I know he's only been in there a few weeks, but there's it's obvious the way that they're going to play. And that's play the ball through to Vardy and Vardy's going to chase it and then whatever comes, comes. However, on Saturday, I felt like because Burnley's defence were sat so deep that didn't work so well and they had to find another way to win and that's what they didn't do under Puel. Mm-hmm. It'd be an interesting one to see who he brings in in the, in the summer because if he brings in someone like Scott Sinclair and he was relying on Scott Sinclair then things are going to go drastically wrong for, for Leicester. I just don't think there's much tactical now there from Rodgers personally. Yeah. Um, it's easy to win uh, or at least come second in the league when you've got Luis Suarez up front and he's banging in like 30 goals a season it's easy to win the SPL and the Scottish Cup when there's literally no competitors and you're spending like 10 times the amount of money as everyone else but to come into a team like Leicester where the expectations now are quite high and to be successful is going to be the hardest job of his career in my opinion do you not think?
1: yeah I agree with you, but it's also something where I'm envisaging in 12 months' time that you're eating some pretty serious maybe, apple yeah, pie.
0: Maybe, yeah, maybe. But, um, I can't remember what I said. He reminds me of Alan Pardew. Yeah. In that, he fucking loves himself, and that makes me really not like him. Yeah. I think he thinks he's a lot better than he is because he's won a couple you of know Scottish what I'm titles. I'm really excited for?
1: Go on. That inevitable moment where he gets named Scotland manager, and then... And then everyone realizes how yeah. shitty is. And then
0: and then Middlesbrough manager after. <laughs> You've followed the, like, the career path of like Gordon Strachan. Yeah. Um Burnley in real trouble after that result. They are played have played one more game than Cardiff mm. and are only two points ahead of them. Mm. It's squeaky bum time. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, anything else to say on that game? Let's move on. Okay, the last game on Saturday was West Ham versus Huddersfield. Uh, by the way, no Sky games on Saturday, which was nice to see, even though they were all three o'clocks. No games on Sky at all on Saturday. I spent my
1: day watching rugby.
0: That sounds horrible. I watched Newcastle on a um, totally e- legal horrible. stream. Uh, I mean, it was it was horrible until minute 93. Um, But West Ham versus Huddersfield It finished 4-3 to West Ham What a game Uh, West Ham have come from at least two goals behind to win On two other occasions in the Premier League Having done the same against Bradford in February 2000 Where they won 5-4 And Everton in March 2016 Where they won 3-2 15 minutes in West Ham awarded a penalty Penalty? 100% 100% Noble took to it Just away. a bit of
1: a clumsy challenge. Yeah. Do you know what? I'd forgotten how good Lanzini is. Mm-hmm. He's quality. They, if they hold on to him, they're he's, gonna th-
0: He's not Where would he go? That's the question you've got to ask.
1: Oh abroad. He'd go to like Italian football like, or something. Or like
0: Sevilla or someone like yeah. that.
1: Yeah. But he
0: quietly efficient. That's my yeah, like definitely. he
1: just brings a bit of class and he takes a bit of pressure off players like Nazari as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um However, Huddersfield then turned it around playing probably the best football they've played all season. Couple of goals from Grant, the second of which was a fucking world class goal. He looks like a seriously
1: good like he sort of reminded me a bit of Drogba in his prime with how he played on Saturday. Oh, okay. Bullish, like yeah. go forward. He, I mean, they signed him from classic. Charlton. Yeah. Is he going to be any good? He might be good in the championship next season for them. Yeah.
0: Do he sign in January? Yeah, I think so. Um Bakuna also scored. Um,
1: Juninho Bakuna. What a name.
0: Yeah, so good. Um but they were they played some excellent football and probably and could have had more. I think Munier had a couple of chances as well. Um however and they were cruising until sixty five minutes really. However, Hernandez came on at half time and for me, once he had sort of acclimatised to the game, he's the one that changed it. Um Ogbonna's header made it 3-2 and then Hernandez with two headers pardon me two brilliant headers to make it 4-3 to West Ham Um, who he had joined, uh, joined esteemed company really in people like Jermaine Defoe and Solsha in like the most goals off the bench I think he's got 17 he's now the
1: third highest scoring sub in Premier League history with 19 he 19 he overtook Solskjaer
0: yeah so who's above him
1: uh, top is Jermaine Defoe yeah. 24 and second is someone that we both rate uh, Olivier Giroud, Giroud. Yeah. 20
0: uh, we'll get on to Giroud a little bit later um, Huddersfield's played unbelievably well and if they play like how they did in the first hour on Saturday they're going to piss the championship really mm-hmm. um, however would you say the last 25 minutes is basically been how they've played all season oh. or is that harsh?
1: I feel a bit sorry for Siver right because did you see his post-match? yeah yeah, yeah. he's like I've told the players how we're going to beat West Ham and he was like, for 75 minutes, we've done it. Yeah. And then he was like, there's three moments that I can't do anything about yeah. that have let us down. Fair. And I think he's going to be a seriously good football manager. Yeah, he's going he's to be he's doing that with Huddersfield. I think yeah. he needs to work on his bedside manner a little bit because he can't come out every week and just be like, what have they done?
0: It's quite refreshing. It's, it's nice to see though. No, I, I think he he he's can't. Very and German, know, but isn't he the, yeah, and he's very straight to the point. But, straight jacket. Oh, yeah.
1: God, oh, God, <laughs> stop making these dodgy. But he,
0: uh, he. The thing is, when he's winning games in the championship, mm-hmm. he, I he won, he's won one game, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the thing is that. When he wins a when he wins a game in the championship or he goes on a run of games he's gonna the players are gonna get so much confidence from mm-hmm. it because he's gonna big them up in these press conferences and it's gonna be like i think
1: they'll want to play for it
0: oh definitely definitely he i would want to play for him he's, he's like be
1: shrew- he's gotta be shrewd in the summer yeah definitely i think they need a center half
0: they need championship experience mm-hmm. um they've got a lot of that in the squad but they need like goals if they're gonna if they've got twenty million to spend, you spend it on Dwight Gale, or you spend it on uh, like a proven championship mm-hmm. striker who's going to bag you twenty, twenty-five goals in the I championship. I think they've got, got
1: enough technicians in the middle. Uh, I really, I didn't. You know, Philip Billings, nineteen. Yeah.
0: I think he'll get a move. He's one of the few players that'll get a he's move. He's yeah. Nineteen. Have
1: you seen how big he is? I know he's
0: definitely. He's one of those that came over with like s- someone's photocopied passport uh, or birth certificate, didn't he? Like, he looks like about 35.
1: Do you know what I worked out, by the way, just going off piece slightly? Go on. When we were in... I worked this out watching the Champions League last week. When we were in year 13, Phil Foden would have been in year 8.
0: You, you're depressing me. <laughs> you're depressing just, me. Just
1: sad, that, isn't it?
0: Um, West Ham showed some grit and determination. I would say for the first time I've seen that from West Ham in in years. Like real grit to come for, back.
1: For all their inconsistencies, they're two points off seventh. Yeah. Can you they, imagine they if can like, put a
0: fight in for I know that um They've they've played they've one game. Played more. one game more uh, one point off uh Watford, who were above them. I think that I mean they lost the first four games of the season. Imagine if they hadn't
1: Pellegrini's done a really good job. He
0: has. I mean, with the players that they've got, you would sort of expect them to... Going
1: forward, they've got some serious options. I think they just maybe need to invest in a centre-half. Do you
0: think Pellegrini's the long-term option? Yeah. Do you?
1: Yeah. I think if he's backed, he could make them a serious force. Not like top six, but like...
0: They need another striker.
1: They need a striker that is going to play a lot of games.
0: Yeah, and score a lot of goals.
1: Giroud they're a London club
0: <laughs> yeah it's a shout
1: do you know I had a I'm looking forward to when we can talk about like summer transfers but I just then I had a bit of a mental thought and I was like would it be that much of a downgrade if Man United sold Lukaku and bought Giroud if they're going to play Rashford through the middle because it's a shout right Giroud can actually play football yeah I mean his Lukaku scores a unreal. lot. unreal Lukaku scores a lot more goals just because brute force. Yeah, but like Lukaku doesn't want to be sitting on the bench every week, does he? He doesn't.
0: But would Chelsea sell to Man United?
1: If Sarri's there next year, I don't think Giroud will be. Lukaku, right, is a supercharged donkey.
0: <laughs> I think that's harsh. He's one of the, he's in the top. A bit like, harsh, yeah. He's in no, the no. Top twenty Can't, Premier League scorers ever. When he's
1: playing for a big club because that
0: doesn't really suit him no he likes being the main man big fish in a small pond he's like Zaha in that I mean how well would he how well would he do how how well would he do at Palace he'd be He would he would be scoring like twenty five goals a year a season at Palace. There's another
1: player I was telling you yesterday. Why are we talking about the transfer window? Yeah, Danny Drinkwater. Someone needs to just go and buy him. Yeah, yeah. Because he would be Palace. Well, how good would he be at Palace? Ranieri
0: wants him at Roma. You were saying. Mm -hmm. So that'll be an interesting move for him. I think he'd do well in Italian football. It's a little bit slower. He can ping some passes. The new Georginio. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, Right. On Sunday. Can I just mention one thing
1: about? Um, so at three all uh, Huddersfield miss two chances, mm-hmm. and it's just like, boys, you have to put them away. There's one place he's Congolo has the whole goal to aim at, and he puts it like a foot to the right of where the keeper is. It's like uh,
0: <laughs> just, you're right yet, yeah. Sunday. Um, Fulham versus Liverpool was the first game on Sunday. Finished 2 1 to Liverpool. Uh, squeaky bum time at t- uh, in the last 10 minutes of that game. Uh, Liverpool's James Milner extended his Premier League record of never losing a game in which he scored. It now stands at 51. Unreal 140 that. drawn 11. Lots of non. steel. Madness uh, Lovely move to put Liverpool one up uh, Nothing much happened Before that uh, Mane is in top form At the minute Two last week Two against P- uh, against Bayern Munich And if, One at the weekend
1: um, Oh someone was telling me Their mate put a bet on The uh, Champions League Last week For Mane and Firmino uh, Mane and Van Dijk To both score headers And it was 600 to 1 They put a fiver on
0: Oh lovely
1: teach me your ways yeah.
0: yeah Mane to score ahead of though that is long odds if
1: Liverpool win the league do you think Mane will win player of the season
0: no because there's been times where he hasn't been that good Van Dijk will win player of the season if Liverpool win the league okay. it was just, just yeah. a thought they were discussing no, it they've the been, uh, football writers Podcast. he's been super good the last few weeks Um but as consistent over the season not for me Uh the game was all Liverpool though in that first half um, and in the second half uh, F- Fulham sort of after the hour mark got back into it very similar to the West Ham game in terms of the way that was structured uh, Aite was miles off side but put the ball in the back of the net but it showed that they could get in behind that Fulham back line um, Liverpool and uh, yeah sorry c- could get in behind that Liverpool back line um, and they did uh, a mistake from Right, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna say a mistake from insert name here led to Ryan Barbel getting in behind the scoring. Uh,
1: well, initially it was a bit of an error from Milner. Yes, with a. I'm I'm not sure what he's trying. I think he's tried to like clear it over his head, and it's just like lobbed yeah. it further back towards the goal. Mm-hmm. Now I would argue that blame is split here between Van Dyke and Allison.
0: Yep, I've said a bit of both for me. However, Van Dyke's header is. So terrible, it's so like all of his neck muscles went nah, can't be asked. And he literally just like, Ugh. and I was like, what are you doing? That is just one of the worst defensive headers I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Alisson, what is he doing? What is he doing? However, Babel came out before the game and said I know how to get past Van Dijk and all this and it was great and then he scored. Yeah. Is.
1: Um, Shame he couldn't do it for the rest of the game.
0: Another uh I would say another mistake by Allison though.
1: Yeah. However, I think based on what else he's done, he's still got credit in the bank. For me.
0: I don't I I just don't think he's as good as everyone's saying.
1: No. But with Van Dijk in front of him.
0: Yeah if they get another centre half they I know they're putting put a serious title bid in this season but they are a serious force still next it. season
1: Matty is still it.
0: yeah yeah um, like just no communication between Van Dyke and the other thing is Van Dyke's like saying to Alisson come and get it but the ball's not moving fast enough for him to do yeah. that and then Van Dyke lets it bounce and then just does the worst header for me it's like it is a bit of both Alisson coming out but Van Dijk's asked him to come out and they just haven't yeah yeah it's just been a bit of a fucking fanny um, Liverpool's penalty though recall on Mane
1: what is he doing? there's S- like soft so the ball's oh it's, oh, it's 100% it's a penalty. penalty but it's soft but I can't understand why he's done it because the ball is going away from the goal Yeah. Mane is running away from goal and there's like three defenders uh-huh. uh, it's, it's stupid it's, isn't it? and then he's gone And you can lip-read him. He was like, me? I didn't do anything. It's like,
0: Yeah, it's such a stupid... Like, it's very soft, but it's just... He's given the ref a decision to make, like Mm -hmm. we say every week. Um,
1: By the way, just going back to Mane, that was his 20th goal of the season. Yeah. So, I mean, is that his best season?
0: I would assume so, yeah.
1: And for all the misfirings of Liverpool's front... front three they're only 12 behind their total for last season
0: combined Uh, I think Firmino's last 10 assists or something have been for the other two yeah mental
1: good for you would a fully fit Adam Lallana solve Liverpool's midfield no fully fit
0: Oxlade Chamberlain would
1: Okay, yeah I forgot about him when I wrote that down I just feel he gives them that that like little intricacy, which none of the others really give, because yeah. like say Chamberlain's more box to box. What is
0: Wijnaldum? Box to box. Because when he played for us, he was never that player. He's not the player you see at Liverpool now. I would argue. and he was that much Klopp's
1: more a better coach than McLaren. Yes,
0: I would a hundred percent agree with that.
1: Just gonna put but, that out there
0: he was much more creative for Newcastle. Tom Spencer's reply to the Horns chat, pigs are flying. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I don't know if playing him where Klopp's playing him in the role that he's playing him in is sort of st- um, limiting Wijnaldum a little bit. Yeah. Because I think he is a lot more creative than the role he's being given at Liverpool, and I think he is a player that could solve that creativity problem. But he is got that he has got the reins on a little bit. I don't know if he's forgotten how to be creative or whatever. But Oxley Chamber for me is the perfect player to go into that. You're a Liverpool better player team. when you're out the team. Ah, uh, that's fair. But look because at rea- look at realistically,
1: he, he's not. Primarily a central midfield player, he's no, been turned into that.
0: But that, and that's why he wants to play. But if you look at how creative he is, like he can pick a pass, he can, uh, like he can run at players. I mean, how, which Liverpool, uh, which of the Liverpool midfield can you say if you're in a one-on-one situation? Which, of all the Liverpool midfielders, who would you pick as a three? Well, no, if you if you had one a one-on-one situation and you had to pick one of the Liverpool midfielders, I'd be picking what? Oxley-Chamberlain over Shakiri.
1: Yeah, well, I think Shakiri's a forward, not a midfielder. Okay. For me. So that solves that debate. Yeah. Yeah, Ox. In a one-on-one scenario, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Salah had a few good opportunities on Sunday again, but he's really not isn't in form, is he? He's just not
1: burying them, is he?
0: No, he's just not in form at the moment. Um I think we said we Liverpool needed another player to sort of take the mantle of what Salah did last season and I think Mane is partly doing that at times this season however I think without the three of them firing not all the time but as much as possible I just that for me is why Liverpool won't win the league mm-hmm. they need to be I mean City have so many options up front that they, if someone's not playing well, they can bring someone else and they will always have three people that are, s- are playing well. At the moment, Sterling, Bernardo Silva and Aguero. If that doesn't work, there was a period where Mahrez came in and was class. There was a period Sane. where Sane was coming in and was class. So, whereas I don't think Liverpool necessarily have that. And I think at the start of the season when they were playing really well and they were winning every game, Shakiri was that other player that came in and was playing well. But they're bringing players in and they're, playing okay yeah I say okay I'm talking okay in terms of the standard that we're talking about the top of the league standard here we're not talking about like mid-table okay we're talking about like okay in terms of scoring 30 goals a season you know what I mean I just think that Salah once he gets one goal I think he'll bury a couple over the next couple of weeks I think he's got another like three or four goals in him before the end of the season will that carry Liverpool to the title it's for me it's sort no. of
1: a bit on City and what happens with them
0: yeah I'd rather have the points in the bag though which Liverpool have um, than have the game in hand which uh, City have mm-hmm. but you know it's City so you can't put anything past them um, anything else on that game Uh no all right, the final Premier League game of the weekend was Everton versus Chelsea. Um, Chelsea haven't got a start for this one, um, unfortunately, but Chelsea dominated the first half. Um, and Higuain started, still started, despite Giroud's midweek hat-trick. Um, Chelsea haven't scored in eight Premier League games this season.
1: Yeah, that's a bit worrying. It's sort of a bit like if you stop Hazard, you stop Chelsea.
0: Yes, um, I th- again I think that the tactics are stunting the creativity of some of the players on that side he's just
1: too stubborn for me on form you'd prob- the front three you'd probably pick would be Giroud, Hazard and Hudson-Odoi on form in terms of impact Pedro's got proven quality
0: I don't know if you can say Hudson-Odoi on form
1: every time he's played he's been good Pedro can't put the ball in the net keeps missing
0: fair to some extent he played so well a couple of weeks ago yeah Um, Alonso started again as well and the first half was all Chelsea I mean they they had multitude of opportunities however the second half started a different Everton came out Uh, Richarlison scored the first it was a brilliant ball in by Sigurdsson Uh, Kepper parried the ball out and uh, Richarlison heads it in uh,
1: there's not really anything he can do about that defensively apart from stop the first header yes but it was that good a ball in that
0: it was a yeah I thought again Sigurdsson was, was quality he's really getting back into it Richarlison again was at uh, a time was unplayable on, I think I prefer him out
1: wide who
0: hey, Richarlison yeah yeah. I would agree but I would say that at the moment he is their best best option up front mm-hmm. I know Calvert-Lewin scored last week but it's his
1: best uh this is his best scoring season Calvert-Lewin for me he's like he's a Giroud type player in terms he's better being your like number two striker he's not like your main source of goals
0: Um, Everton got a penalty as well 100% penalty yeah Mm. same
1: silly challenge don't know why he's made it I just
0: don't know how he's still getting a game yeah (laughs) we've talked about Chelsea's defensive laps uh, like problems with the defence in the past it's just woeful it's just woeful at times, and for me, like you've got a player like is it Emerson that's in it uh, who played in the yeah, uh, League Cup final. He was class. He was class, and uh, again, just stubborn stubbornness from Sar- uh, from sorry. Um, Kepper saves Sigurdsson's pen, but pen uh, Sigurdsson then put it back. In the back of the net, which he won't be able to do next season. He's
1: at Goodison Park this season.
0: He has. Um, He won't be able to do that next season. I'm
1: going to say failed to convert because I'd argue it's not a miss if the keeper says it. Yeah, fair.
0: Yeah, but as I say, won't be able to do that next season, which is absolute madness. Uh, I just want to tell you a story uh, uh, that you might have seen on our social medias this week. Uh, One of our friends, AP, who is an Icelandic gentleman. Uh, his little boy, Siggy, uh, which is the perfect name for this story. Because uh, if he calls his son Gilfey, it'll be
1: Guilfi Sigurdsson. Yeah.
0: Um, Mental. Madness. Um, so C- little Siggy um, was uh, taken on a school trip this week. They were taken to uh, the Everton training ground. Um, and he met his he- his football hero, Guilfi Sigurdsson. Uh, all the kids were then invited to the game on Sunday. And obviously Sigurdsson went on and scored in front of Siggy, who obviously uh, was absolutely buzzing. And I just felt like that was a really good, like feel-good story of the week for. I mean, they're both, Iceland. They're
1: both Liverpool fans. I mean, they're both. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I know. It's like You wouldn't see me in a fucking yeah. Sunderland shirt.
0: Um Everton
1: end a run of four losses in six at home and that's their first win in how many attempts against the uh, big six?
0: Ooh, 10? No. 11? No. Am I going the right way? Yes.
1: 18? No.
0: 15? No. 14? No. 13? No.
1: 12? No, you go the wrong way now. <laughs> 16.
0: 26. Bloody hell. Bloody hell. Um, it was a really good win for Silva actually that second huge half win.
1: should be the blueprint
0: well it shows I, what they can do
1: I don't know if it was the manager or the players that did that though I'm hoping for me
0: if it was the manager then they would have been doing it a lot more this season uh, but it, it was a huge win for him I mean his job's well and truly on the line I think he's like second or third favourite to be the next sacked after Sari. Chelsea um, have
1: hit the woodwork 20 times this season the Premier League high.
0: wow it's a huge dent in their top four hopes yeah that huge dent. game in hand yeah they should have won they should have at least got a point um, anything else to say on that game uh, no alright we're going to do a quick round up <clears throat> of the FA Cup next uh, just a quick word on each game uh, early game on Saturday was Watford Palace it finished 2-1 to Watford um, deserve win
1: yeah away from home well played.
0: No, they were at home.
1: Were they? Yeah. Oh, you
0: sure? I think so. No. I yeah, th- they were. Yeah, they were at home.
1: This BBC Sport lied to me.
0: So they cool. were. Um, yeah, I think they deserve to win as well. Um, Andre Gray, another winning goal for Andre Gray. He's
1: in a bit of form.
0: He is off the bench. Impact off the bench. He'll be catching. Uh, be catching Jermaine Defoe soon. Um the next game was uh, uh the middle kickoff, which was quarter past five. It was Swansea versus Man City. What a performance by Swansea in the first half, went Graham in two 0 I
1: think he might be uh, on yeah. for bigger things. Is he the f- the like kid that played Ostersen's.
0: that he played that he scored that goal a few weeks ago where he just basically pelted up oh, the game? Oh no,
1: so Graham Potter's the manager that was managing oh, in Sweden. Who before. am I thinking of uh, yeah. Dan James?
0: Yeah, Dan James. yeah. Yeah, he we looks just class.
1: It down there. Yeah, he was good. I'm um, a bit sorry for Swansea because with right, I, I can't work this out because they're a championship club. They don't get. I know. AR. Same in the Millwall game. It's like you have it or you don't.
0: Yeah, I agree. They were only in the Prem last season, so why not just put it in?
1: Isn't it because they have to, they get all the clubs to pay for it?
0: I d- I don't know. There. I don't know, but again, if it's going in one stadium, it has to go in them all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Unlucky with the uh, Aguero header and the penalty for me was a penalty. Yeah, he he gets caught. Um, uh, Carter challenge. Vickers had a great game, but that for me was a penalty. Uh, catch it. Um, there's a angle that we saw of um, their thighs hitting one another. Sterling's moving at pace. For me, penalty. Um, but what a comeback by City! The quadruples on still. Um, The final game was possibly the worst first half of uh, on Saturday, was possibly the worst first half of football I've ever seen, uh, which was Wolves versus Manchester United. uh, Finished 2 1 to Wolves.
1: Right. So I was listening to the Football Writers podcast earlier, Mm -hmm. and there was this Scouse journalist on, I can't remember what he's called, and he was like, uh, United shouldn't be giving Solskjaer the job. What? In the last two weeks, he's shown his true colours about lack of a lack of knowledge about what he's doing and he was like he didn't adapt tactically on Saturday he did it's like did you look who he had on the bench he had no they've got no yeah. one fit which and seems I can't believe he's just said he doesn't know what he's on about like pretty much a tactical masterclass with limited resources against PSG yeah like oh, it's, oh.
0: I mean with a bit of luck you have to say but yes I, but I, and I don't think they've necessarily performed very well on Saturday Um. I thought I just thought Wolves were were always going to win that but game.
1: Wolves at home are a difficult yeah, proposition. Yeah, exactly. Diogo Jota um, was
0: class again.
1: United are reaching burnout though. They've got no one fit. Like they've just played the same team sort of relentlessly. Yeah, and he's catching up on them. Like you look at the bench, the only sort of attacking option they had on the bench was Pereira, I think. Yeah,
0: and he ended up coming on. Um, but- but a good win for Wolves they'll be targeting well they have to target this trophy I think this is the goal I don't think
1: the FA Cup was a priority for United Uh,
0: well Wolves have drawn Watford in the next round prediction Um, a lot can change between then and now Wolves Uh, oh I've got loads of friends today Um, Wolves I'm going to go for Watford on penalties Okay. It's going to be super tight that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the final game of the weekend was on Sunday Millwall versus Brighton. Millwall were 2 0 up with f- two minutes to go and a mistake from the Millwall goalkeeper. With two minutes to go? Yeah, it was 88 minutes. Okay. Um, Brighton scored two goals in the last couple of minutes, uh, extra time or whatever. Um, what a game! Uh, finished on penalties Brighton won 5-4 on penalties Um, deserved
1: I don't know because I've not watched the game Uh, I feel very sorry for Millwall's keeper
0: yes so do I
1: can't make mistakes like that
0: it was when I watched it back I was like that is a ridiculous mistake to make for a goalkeeper just I know he's trying to catch it, and but it's just gone straight through his he's hands. He hit it
1: quite hard. It was like quite hard to be catching, maybe. Yeah,
0: maybe just tip it over or do something else. I know in hindsight it's easy to say that, but Brighton, I think, on the overall play of the game, I would say Brighton probably deserved to go through from what I saw. Um, but obviously Millwall were, were two up with two minutes to go, so they probably... Just, just a bit of tiredness. They were probably, yeah. and then extra time again. They looked absolutely knackered. Um Brighton won it on penalties. They play Man City in the next Man City round semi final. I think
1: a Man City Wolves final would be the best outcome from the four we've got left. Yeah, we've got in terms of a footballing spectacle. Yeah,
0: I'm. I'm not gonna. I don't think Man City will roll over. Uh, will no, it'll be one. I don't two, think no. Brighton will roll over. Sorry, I think it'll be after extra time, Man City. Okay. It's going to be a good uh, little FA Cup weekend of football, though. Um, Champions League. uh, The draw was made last week. Not too bothered about Europa League shit. Um, Spurs play Man City. Prediction?
1: Uh, City, just.
0: Uh, Ajax play Juventus?
1: I fancy Ajax, you know.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go for City and... Juve, yeah, and then I think Juve, City in the final. I think
1: Ajax will win at home, but I think Juve will just be too strong.
0: And then Man City in the final for me to beat mm-hmm. Juve uh, in the semis. Uh, then Manchester United versus Barcelona with the out of form Messi who's got uh, not out of form yeah, downward I, curve I can't Messi look
1: past Barcelona.
0: Yeah, Barça for me, so good. And Liverpool porto
1: Liverpool,
0: Liverpool, and then I'm gonna go for Barcelona. So it'll be a Man City Barcelona final. So I think I said Barcelona to win the Champions League. Someone was
1: chatting about um, how it's worked with so one week one team plays on tu- uh, two of the teams play on Tuesday, two of the games on Tuesday, and then the next week they swap to the Wednesday. So like they get an eight eight day break, but then the other teams only get a six day break, and that sort of didn't make. Yeah, sense. exactly. It's just like, just, just it keep on it on the keep, same day. Yeah. Um, it also yeah, means we stupid. won't play football on a Wednesday because Liverpool will be playing on one of the Wednesdays. Oh, for God's sake.
0: Um, the uh, final thing I want to talk about uh, is England. Uh, their squad was announced this week. No Madison or Wan Bissaka or James Ward-Prowse initially, or a couple of other players. Delph was called up again after his fucking horrendous Wan-Bissaka mistake.
1: And James Madison are both in the under-21s. Are they? Yes. Have you seen the under-21s? I squad?
0: haven't. Is it good? Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow <laughs> Thoughts on Callum Hudson-Odoi being called up?
1: Um, I can understand why it's happened I might not necessarily agree with it See how he deals with I think also what you've got to factor in All the players were already there At the training ground And they've just like pinched him from the under-21 squad So logistically Fair. they've just like It's a case, can I have someone at training in five minutes? Or can I have someone here in five hours? And maybe he just wanted someone that was already in camp?
0: For me, the lad's 18 years old. He hasn't started a game for Chelsea this season. In the, Prem. in the Premier League. He has probably uh, a number of England caps under his belt by the time he retires. Why stunt his growth and put him straight into the England team when he's not going to play? Probably. And if he does play, then there's te- there's players that should have been in that England team anyway.
1: I put him see- in the under-21,
0: get him experience, or even the under-20s or 19s or whatever. But if you want to put him in the under-21s, give him some international experience and actually play him in the games. Don't just stick him in the England squad for the sake of it. For me, like I said to you last night when it was announced, for me, there are players in the league that deserve to be called up Before Hudson-Odoi players like Townsend who's been cracking since like for the last like five months of football Gareth Southgate when he took the job said I'm going to pick players on form if you look at the England squad that he picked initially and the players that he's called up after is he picking players or is he calling players up on form or is he calling players up on because they play for a big team for me if Delph is not playing for Man City he doesn't get called up
1: no, but the last game, Delph played for England. He was captain man of the match, and you can't just pick the squad based on the last three months of. No,
0: I I, I understand that, but the majority of the squad. I mean, you're talking about players like Trippier, right? Who mm-hmm. since the World Cup has been terrible. Yeah. Against someone like Wan-Bissaka who like if Wan-Bissaka had had three months of good football, you would uh, you wouldn't be saying like call him up. He's had a year of playing out of his skin, week in week out. The best, one of the best defensive right backs and attacking right backs in the league. Like his statistics yeah, are unbelievable. Like, but he's sticking with those players. Delph, for me, he's played three games this season or something. Yeah. Oops. How can you call someone up that's played three games over initially over someone like James Ward-Prowse?
1: I mean, Delph's dropped
0: out. Yeah, so, no, I know, but this is—we're talking about yeah, like he's if caught, these he's players haven't
1: realised he's not match fit.
0: But if these players are—if these players are getting called up in the initial squad, I just think, for me personally, I just think that like it's again we're turning into the same old England, and that's why I get frustrated with England and why I just why I'm, when I, when it's on I'm like meh because players like Madison who deserves to be in that England squad just hasn't being called up players like Townsend are missing out to play to young I get to like ridiculously young players who need to get experience in the younger levels of English football whether that's under 21 England international or that's playing in the championship or whatever for me the Hudson-Odoi saga has come about because Bayern Munich wanted to buy him for, no one's talking about him if Bayern Munich don't go in for him just saying Phil Foden has done more for Man City this season than yeah. Hudson-Odoi's done for Chelsea why isn't Phil Foden on the uh, radar of, of Southgate you can who's, sit there scratching your chin
1: who's got more chance of going to Euro 2020 Townsend or Hudson-Odoi
0: Um.
1: objectively neither that wasn't the question I asked
0: who's got well we're not we're not talking about really we're talking about 2020 at the moment we're talking about the summer aren't we
1: oh no because it's Euro 2020 qualifiers so but
0: these are also preparation for Nations League so who are you taking to are you taking Callum Hudson and Dodd to the Nations League
1: no, but if everyone's fit, I'm not taking Andros Townsend either.
0: I would take... I think Townsend is one of the f- uh, like four top four English wingers in the league. Yeah. On form, at the moment.
1: Well, I think if everyone's fit, he takes six forwards. He takes Kane, Rashford and Wilson, and then he'll take Sterling, Sancho, and he'll take Jesse Lingard because Lingard has played well for him, for, for Southgate, for England, so...
0: Yeah. I just... For me, well, Lingard's not a wide player. No. And also, is there another one of those one in five players? So, I ju- for me, like, the whole England set-up at this moment in time, when Southgate came in and he said, I'm going to pick players on form, and he's just not sticking to that. And it's frustrating because there's players, I believe, that deserve to be in the squad that aren't being picked. I have Ma- okay, let, let me ask you this. If you think those are the players that are going to get called up as forwards, do you? why don't you bring Madison into the squad over hudson Um
1: Because we're playing a 4-3-3 that maybe James Madison doesn't suit. Doesn't play out wide, potentially. Um... Competition in those spots. He's got a lot of players ahead of him. Deli Ali, Ruben Loftus Cheek.
0: Loftus Cheek dropped out. Yeah. Again, I think Madison deserves to be in over Loftus Cheek. Yeah. I Played be, more games, be better statistics. To,
1: be inclined to agree with you.
0: Big club bias.
1: Someone I am frustrated isn't in is Connor Cody. Fair. Over Keen and, and Tarkovsky. Tarkovsky. But neither of them deserve to go. Because we now only have three centre backs. Admittedly, Dyer and Rice can both cover centre half, but one of Keane or Tarkovsky is going to start the next England game, and that just doesn't fill me with any confidence.
0: Well, talking of the next England game, it's the Czech Republic on Friday. Friday. Prediction:
1: Uh, England win, comfortable, two or three nil.
0: Um, I would agree. And Montenegro on Monday.
1: One or two nil. It'll be a closer game. It's you a, think it's a bit of a fortress that ground it's like the pitch is like the stands like right in
0: I think Czech Republic's a harder game than Montenegro um, maybe I'm just out of touch
1: Jovetic plays for Montenegro mm-hmm. England have struggled to beat them a couple of times in the but past but both will
0: be 2-3 margin yeah. I would say
1: I'd like to think England will keep a clean sheet in both games
0: I would hope so but Tarkovsky in defence anything can happen um, alright let's move on to our penultimate thing Zero to Hero now last week Zero to Hero was a good one I think we both put forward good people Uh, but ultimately the winner was myself damn Um, Grealish got 64% of the vote Paul Tierney whoever voted for Paul Tierney over the Grealish attacker deserves to be deserves to be I mean Everybody with sense voted for uh, the Grealish attacker. Which is nice to see. Um, and then the hero, uh, England's women football, got 67% of the vote. And Sterling got 33 And
1: I was definitely going to vote for England women, but I forgot to write it down. So again,
0: it. again, all normal people voted for the England women's football team. So that, that was good. Um, so this week... I think you start off with the zero, is that right? Yeah. So go for it.
1: My nominees are Burnley yeah. for failing to beat a team with 10 men. Uh, the combination of Virgil van Dyke and Allison for just being a bit of a clown. <laughs> uh, Everton fans for their treatment of Ross Barkley. Oh, Please yes, don't cheer when players are down injured. Especially I don't care if he's been a dick towards you or whatever. Like, there's 38,000 of you and there's one of him. Booing every time he gets the ball, I can remember them cheering loftily when he scored ridiculous goals like against Man City. Yeah, um, showing their true colours there. Sarri for just failing to inspire a team of good footballers. Yeah, but my winner this week ultimately is the Millwall goalie, David Martin. Oh, he was
0: close. Horrendous, horrendous error. Oh, he was there for me as well. So my nominees are. Burnley for the same reasons Harry Maguire for getting himself sent off so early on The Millwall goalkeeper Again for the same thing as you said Uh, Paul Pogba uh, Chelsea and Sari as a collective For just not turning up Uh, Referees across all competitions this weekend I thought generally the performances of the referees were terrible but my zero this week for... You're going to hate this. And I don't think I'm going to win this week because of this choice. But I don't care. I'm voicing my views. For being a hypocrite of his own... Robbie Savage? No, 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 no. no. For being a hypocrite of his own uh, statement when he first took the job is Gareth Southgate for mm. many reasons. But the main one being a total hypocrite. Um, my hero nominees... Uh, James Madison For a wonderful free kick And a wonderful goal uh, And a wonderful game in fact Uh, Richie Matt Ritchie For another Phenomenal Newcastle United goal We've had a few this year uh, In the last few weeks, sorry Uh, Brighton For coming from behind in the last couple of minutes And then ultimately winning the game But my hero this week Has to be Javier Hernandez Changed the game for West Ham on Saturday, and ultimately won the game.
1: Oh, he's my first nomination, Javier okay. Hernandez. I've also nominated Madison for reasons that you've said. I'm going to nominate James Milner for nerves of steel taking what could be a very crucial penalty. yeah Richarlison for a goal and an assist. Yep. He was filed for the penalty. Uh, Marco Silva because I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt for Everton's second half transformation. Um, we give him a lot of stick and his team. Deservedly, yeah, I would and his, say. His team beat the top six side. Yeah. Uh, but my winners this week for playing virtually a whole match with 10 men and coming out on the winning side is Leicester.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Uh, and our final thing for this week is JB's tiny tip. Mm,
1: I don't like doing it on international football.
0: Well. You don't is it have possible
1: to. to place a bet that England are going to win both games and keep a clean sheet in both
0: let's have a look and see if we can find that it might be like a special England accumulator um, I can choose uh, oh yeah I can do it as an accumulator actually um, I will do that afterwards because it might take a while for me to okay. sort it out um, but I assume the odds will be fairly decent for that um, anything else to say on this week? Uh, no,
1: I don't think so. So
0: you're going to Cyprus on Sunday, which isn't very good because that uh, it's International Football Week and you are Mr. International Football, so I don't know what's going to happen over the next few weeks. You might be here, you might not. Well, here in spirit, anyway. Might have um, a week off. Yeah, you might have a week off. National Boredom Week. National Boredom Week, but... Um, Whatever happens, we will have a podcast for you next week, which will be an England roundup, uh, and then we'll have a podcast the week after. Um, anything else to say? Uh, no,
1: I don't believe so.
0: Thank you very much for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week.
1: Bye.